Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. Plus, Apple Card has no fees, not even hidden ones. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Variable APRs for Apple Card range from 19.24% to 29.49%. Based on credit worthiness, rates as of February 1st, 2024. Terms and more at applecard.com. Look out, it's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a light fitting, and I love films. As Bert McCoy once said, inside the seed are many trees. Inside you are many kingdoms. Inside man is one of Spike Lee's more confusing joints. I think that's true, Bert. I didn't really understand that one and I'm a huge fan of all his work. Every week, I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Sharon Stone, Kevin Smith, Ricky Gervais, Jamila Jamil, and even Sed Campbells. But this week, it's the brilliant, brilliant actor, Krista Miller. Get over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll get a full 20 minutes extra chat and questions and a secret with Krista. The secret is something else. You also get the whole ep uncut, you get it ad-free, and you also get it as a video. You get all that and more over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. And if you've not seen it yet, you can watch the whole of season one of Ted Lasso on the Apple TV Plus app. Watch it, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll love it. So, here we go. Krista Miller. Krista Miller is one of the great comedic actors. She's been in everything from the Drew Carey show to Cougar Town to Scrubs. She's always, anytime she pops up, you go, oh, fucking hell, we're in for a treat. She's fucking brilliant. She also happens to be married to friend of the podcast, Mr. Bill Lawrence. If you want to hear more of the two of them being funny together, which I recommend highly, you could check out the excellent Scrubs podcast, Fake Doctors, Real Friends, which they guest on from time to time. Anyway, Me and Krista recorded this the other day on Zoom. It was so much fun. She's funny. I think you will love it. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 124 of Films to be Buried With. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried With. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I'm joined today... By an actor, a movie star, a TV star, a music supervisor, a podcast hero, a legend, a mother, a wife, a stop and hugger, a hero to millions across the universe. Please welcome to the show, the brilliant Krista Miller. Thank you, Brett. Hello, Krista. How are you? 
Well, let me just say one thing why, how it doesn't work for me to have my husband work from home Mm -hmm. because I hate people in my shit. I just don't Mm -hmm. like it. And all my husband wants to do is be in my shit Mm -hmm. and not literally. So this morning I went down, I had emailed you back and said, I'll call you in two minutes, which Mm -hmm. was two minutes past our time. A lot of time. I was furious, but yeah. Yes. I went to get a tea and of course, Bill says to me, why aren't you doing Brett's podcast? And I said, it's 8.01. And he said, yeah, but I have to work with him later. And if you're late, I was like, oh, my God, get out of my shit. Wow. Mind your business. Yeah. I'm never late. Like, I'm just getting a tea. So yeah. Don't worry about it. For the people listening at home, I'm in the UK. It's the afternoon here. It's very casual for me. <laughs> Krista got up. Uh, it's 804 because she was late, but I'm not angry about it. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> Thank you. We'll carry it over into the other side of work. Yeah. So you've been in lockdown with um, with your family for m- many months now. And as, <laughs> yes. as I know, you prefer a bit of space. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Bill, Bill Lawrence, yes. your husband, and, um, you know, my, uh, I work with him. We call yeah. him Boss? Boss? I don't. Right. Right. <laughs> He's in your house all the time. How is how are you coping with all this having no break? Well, I I realized early on I had to set some limits and boundaries. Mm-hmm. So we turned our downstairs bedroom into what I like to call a pied terre and Bill has to go in the downstairs bedroom, which I also moved a desk in. And he's really, he's allowed out for lunch, but I don't take my lunch with him. He's allowed out for lunch. Mm -hmm. And then he's not to speak to me from nine in the morning till five 30. I mean, those are the hours. Yeah, that's fair. And if he comes up, I go, it's four o'clock. Yeah. No, it's four o'clock. Are you like, I'm not on the clock yet. My, my work starts at five 30. Well, yeah, I'm not on the clock yet. And I, I have a little, I have my life going and I don't want, cause if I didn't do that, he would follow me around the house and want to read my emails and he'd sit in here nicely and just listen. He'd interrupt. He wouldn't sit nicely, but Mm. yeah, if, if he would have had the choice, he would have come in. Is it nice to be loved? No. Right. You're like the opposite of what romantic comedies want. You're like, I want a man who who leaves me the fuck alone and gives me zero attention. I don't know if I'd be able to muster up the acting chops to do a romantic comedy because I it's not in my ken. I have no idea what that looks like. Right, that's fair. That makes sense. Now, yeah, so I have every, <laughs> we have a full house. I feel for you. Yeah. Um, I feel for you. <laughs> I, I don't think you do, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's nice to hear the other side of love. To hear, uh, it's, it's a bit too much. Love, you know, people talk yes, a lot about love. It's a bit too much. Do you think your listeners will say, oh, that poor Krista, she's overly loved. She yeah. just loved too much. And look, look at what she has to deal with. Yeah, I think this... This will bring a lot of new sympathizers to your cause. She's so loved. It's awful. She's just overly loved. She couldn't be loved more. It's disgusting. Krista, holy shit. I forgot to tell you something. 
Oh, no. Oh, no. It's really bad that I never told you this. Uh, What? I should have told you in the beat. I should have told you before. Should have told you before we started. But uh, you've died. You've died. You're dead. Yeah. Okay. I'm dead. Yeah. How did you die? I think I was um, probably jumping out of an airplane doing something great. And I'm now I'm in a nice coma. I'm not dead yet. I'm going to tell you how I'm going to ultimately die. Okay. That's what I'm here for. I'm glad that you asked me because I'm going to need help from listeners. Okay. I have a living will that the plug needs to be pulled. And I worry that Bill is going to prop me up, Mm -hmm. have a makeup artist come and have me look pretty. And then he will make me sit and listen to him talk all day. And he'll be able to talk and not have to be in his piano tear. He'll just be makeup on. And I just need to make sure that someone will come and pull the plug. Are you saying to me that you think yeah. his, his perfect scenario is you in a forever coma where he can prop you up and you'll listen yes. and be grateful for his company because yes. he's painted a smile onto your face? <laughs> Yes. Wow. This took a turn early doors. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, but you, you got into that forever coma. So you're By never going to die because he's never going to let it happen. Well, this is why I'm, I'm bringing it to your attention because right. as I was saying how I died jumping out of a plane, I mm. had this little trickle of fear because I have very strong genes. Right. What if I was just in a nice warm coma and then we have problems? You know, you have to look at all the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And that is really the worst case. So so you're basically saying to me and all the listeners. Yeah, to you, nearest, you can get to me. Yeah, I know where you are. You just, there's going to be a plug. I'm going to be plugged in somewhere. Right. You just kick it with your foot. Okay. You come over to the house under the pretense of work. Yeah, yeah. Kick the kick. plug. Yeah. I'll say, I'm just, I'd just like to say hello to Krista. Yeah. Hello, I'll kick the plug. Oh, Bill, come downstairs. I've got something to show you. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Okay. I don't see any downside to that. My other question is why you were jumping out of the plane and was it for fun or were you doing a stunt? It's in my head because my daughter, of course, jumped out of a plane and then liked it. They just took her up three times. She jumped three times because she has no fear gene. She has no fear gene, which like is a real thing. So she wants me to come do it with her. Where'd she get that no fear gene from? And how can I? My brother has it. My brother has it too. Really? It's a real thing. Yeah. Like if there's a fear gene, she's missing it. So your daughter says, come with me. It's fine. But you have the fear gene. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I have it. My brother, one time I, we were um, out in the country and my brother was going down a hill that you couldn't even walk up on a bicycle. Charlotte was like seven and he was going down at 90 miles an hour on a bike in shorts and no shoes. And she had a bathing suit on and no shoes sitting on the handlebars going down 80 miles an hour. And I almost died. Oh my God. Do you get nervous? Like you've been acting since you was two do you get nervous before a job, like performing, going in front of a live audience, anything like that, make you nervous? 
What makes me nervous is more talk shows. Oh. Uh, I get nervous. And it's also, it's very, yeah. And it's very cold when you do a talk show, they keep the stage colds to, cause cold equals comedy. Yeah, and true. so I'm always back there freezing. And then I would start, you know, I get chattery. And so now I'm always uber prepared when I do a talk show. Like I have every scenario of what will happen and my stories of what I want to talk about because I'm better about it now. But when I first started doing talk shows, that would make me nervous. Right. I don't overly have a fear gene. I just have one. You're just a regular, you've got a regular, regular old fashioned fear gene. Do, do you, do you worry about death? Is it a, like something you obsess about or worry about, or are you calm about it? Sometimes I get, if I think about it too much, I mm-hmm. get into this, like for a moment, I'll get overtaken by this black cloud of like, what if I'm in the ground and it's nothing and it's like nothing forever. And then I get crazy. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like um, I believe in the teachings of Rudolf Steiner, who believes that your life on earth is about figuring out your nonsense and your issues and processing. And the, and the more you can do that, the more that when you die, your soul is moving freely in the world and there's happiness. And if not, you probably have to come back. So you like the idea of moksha, I believe it's called, when you reach the highest level and then you you don't have to come back. Yeah. You've completed the computer game. But Mm. then when you're back, like I get, this is what scares me, that just then now, like if you're in this life and things are going shit or you're bored of saying, you know, like, well, eventually... Mm. I'm going to get old and die. But when you die, if you are there and then it never ends, because that that would never end. That's scary. Yeah. Like, when does it end end? What do you think? I I think I think that, yeah, you you come back and that that we're... But sometimes it does stress me out because I go, fucking hell. Because what I don't like, what seems unfair is that you forget that you have to start from scratch every time. That just seems like inefficient an inefficient way of learning to, to, to get better is if every time you're starting from zero again. Go on. No, if I see a horror story, like people living in the most horrible situations, whatever, my first mm. thought is, oh my God, would I have to come back and be there? Yeah. Like, well, I sometimes like, think I have recently felt so lucky and grateful and, and I just think, wow, what a, what a very lucky life. I have been currently living. And then I think, so that either means I was really good in the last life or in the next life, I'm going to get fucked. <laughs> That's my worry. I go like, yeah. That's what I think. I think mm. I've had the loveliest life. Yeah. And I'm clearly Not enlightened yeah. and fabulous. Like, oh, what if they shit me off, mm. you know, next time to like, I'm in a place, country where women have to yeah. wear things that they can't do the thing and they have to be reverent to their husband. Can you imagine? Uh, you, you can't exist in that world. That would be, okay. yeah, that's that's the night. Because I also think, because so, I think about karma and everything and I go, I don't <laughs> think I've been that good to, to be, to have had this sort of lucky, nice <sighs> things. I don't think I've been yeah. that good. I haven't, I haven't really, you know what I mean? Like, unless I was like, Gandhi 
it the last time around. Then you go, oh, yeah, okay, this makes sense. I'm sure you're better than I am. I think you're in sure. a better place than I am. Yeah, you know, but because from by all accounts, people really, really like you. Um, <laughs> Listen, I'm not. I, I don't hear terrible things about you. To be fair. <laughs> It's fairly positive, the general consensus. <laughs> mixed it's to positive. positive. It's mixed. <laughs> fairly positive yeah. isn't going to cut it when you come back. Yeah, that's true. You need a, you need a 100% fresh. You're yeah. like a 67% rotten tomatoes yeah. as, as a person. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Krista. The good news is, or bad news, depending on your point of view, there is yeah. a heaven. There is a heaven. And in this heaven... It's everything you want it to be. What's your favourite thing? Napping. It's na- it's ninety eight percent napping, <laughs> and when you're not napping, which is making yeah. me think this eternal this forever coma isn't going to be so bad for you. But when you're yeah. not napping, the two percent you're awake because you want to appreciate the nap, right? You want a little bit awake so you go oh, a little a little bit of wake time, tiny tiny bit to go. Oh, yeah, ready for a nap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you get to the nap. When you wake up from the nap, people are there, nice people, not pushy, and all they yeah. they want to talk to you about your life, but through film. It's weird. And the first thing they ask you is, what is the first film that you remember seeing? All right, well, let me say this. and I, I just want you to know, when I hear this from, I hear this from, like, models, when models say that, you know, that they were nerdy and they just read books and... You know, it's an eye roll when I say this, but we, I grew up in Manhattan and um, we went to the country on the weekends and my parents um, are quite erudite and we used to read, like I read on the weekends. We didn't go to the movies. We didn't do a lot of things as a family, but we didn't go to the movies or read, even though I grew up in New York. So sometimes we not with my family, but with school, we'd go to the theater. But I read a lot. Like, I was definitely someone like that. And I don't right. want an eye roll. But I, so my childhood movies are far and few between. Right. But one of the movies I saw was they had, they were doing like a showing in one of the fancy theaters in New York of Gone with the Wind. And my grandmother came in and my grandmother named my mother over the little girl in Gone with the Wind. Her name was Bonnie Blue Butler, the one little girl that died, mm. horseback riding. Yeah. And she was, cause she was so beautiful. And then my mother is very beautiful. My mother was a supermodel, but I mean, they didn't really have supermodels then, but she would be considered a supermodel. She still is a model with Ford. She oh. just went into the city to do a job so we went to see Gone with the Wind and I was, but I was so sad over the little girl being killed. Yeah. You know, when I was little, my mum watched Gone with the Wind and I walked in on it and I walked in maybe half of it. She said, sit down. And then the little girl died on a horse. And apparently I cried and said, why are you watching this? <laughs> so I really on the horse. Yeah. This what? beautiful girl. She was so beautiful, Bonnie Blue Butler, and my mom was named after her. And I was just like, and she was named after the girl that died on, was so sad. Yeah, awful. What a, what a horrible film. You saw that with your mother. Yeah, what a tragic start to cinema. Do you remember thinking, yeah. oh, I want to do this, I want to be an actor? Do you remember it thinking that? Yeah, 
I do. And, and it's funny because my grandmother always said when I was little, she thought I was going to be an actress. She said, you're going to be a famous movie star. You're going to be an actress. And I loved my grandmother so much, but I did when I was watching that movie, I thought I was going to be an actress. Oh, wow. Well, you did it. So well, well done. Thank you. Thank you. No, congratulations. Thank you. Um, what is the film that scared you the most? Okay. Do you like being scared? Or does it just make uh, you think I'm going to come back in this horror film in my next life? Everything that I see that's not, that I don't like, I think I'm going to become like, I'll come back as someone that likes Trump, you know, like whatever it is. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I live oh. in Appalachia and I don't have teeth and mm. I like Trump. Like, I don't know what. Anyway. There was a movie, and again, because we had to go to the movies, uh, and I didn't really watch a lot of television either, but on Friday nights, we would be out in the country, and my parents would always go to dinner, and I would watch TV. And one night, and I I was young, there was a movie, a TV movie on, but it is still a scary movie that stands up, and you can rent it, so I figure it's okay to say here. Okay. It was Timothy Hutton's father. Jim Hutton, Mm -hmm. and he was an actor, and it's a movie called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Yes. Oh, my God. Let me just tell you about this movie. Please. Okay? Yes. And I'm watching it. It's a happily married couple, Jim Hutton and his wife, and they have a country house in Connecticut. And then the wife wants to redecorate the house and spend all this money redecorating the house. And I'm like, so she's going to get her just desserts with that. And she's like spending money and the designer comes over, the architect are saying, and she says, I want to get into this room that's locked. They, you, you, that just leave it, just mm-hmm. leave it locked. There's a reason it's locked. She gets in, there's a fireplace and the fireplace is like, hold up. And she says, I want to make it into a working fireplace. <laughs> and the, and the designer or the architect says, no, you should really leave it. Don't undo the fireplace. Don't. And they really tell her not to do it. And she's, you know, headstrong. And mm-hmm. she says, no, do the fireplace. Not in a nice way, uh, which is not what you want to do in horror movies is mm-hmm. be, be me. me after someone's warned you. So she starts. So they do the fireplace and the husband goes into the city to work every day on the train. You know, he goes in and in the day when she's there, little things will start happening. Like I think the designer fell down the stairs, like tripped over something and fell down the stairs. And she looked and there was like a cord across the thing. And she's like, how'd the cord get here? And things start happening. And then Mm -hmm. one time she thinks she sees like a little person Oh my God, a little person like hiding. And she tells her husband who then thinks she's crazy because she's in this new house in the country. Maybe they've moved from the city. I'm not, I don't remember hundred percent. And no one believes her. And then she calls him and is like, no, for real. I'm seeing these little people sometimes. And they make this weird, they laugh like <laughs> it's not good. And they only can come out when it's dark. Oh, God. They can only come out at night oh, God. or if it's a dark room. And so she calls her husband and he says he has to work late, <sighs> know where this is going. And she says, 
you have to come home. Um, and then she goes to call him again, but the wires have been cut on the phone. God. And then the little people tell her they're going to drag her up and they want to bring her back to their land in the fireplace. She doesn't want to go. No. So she grabs, and there's a lot of them that are carrying her up to go to the fireplace. So you have hope because she grabs a camera and starts doing the flash. And when you flash on them, they scream. They don't like the light. They scream, but they end up dragging they take her up. They take her Done. in the fireplace. Do you see what's on the Dead. other side? No. She's oh. gone. But then the husband, I'm sure, is happy with this nice new wife who... Yeah, who's not mean? You know, yes, it's a scary story, but equally, if I feel like if she hadn't been mean to the interior decorators, I feel like she brought this on herself in a way. And or listen, yeah, or listen. So it's very much a film about listening and being respectful. Yeah, (laughs) and I'm and I'm grateful for its lessons. (laughs) And so now, can you never be in the dark? I just, that movie stayed with me forever. Like I know there's so many other scary movies and that have scared me, but that one really haunted me my whole life. Yeah. A little, Um, like 10 or something. What is the film that made you cry the most? Are you a crier? No. Have you ever? I'm not. I I get the impression Uh, you've never cried. No, I've never cried. No. (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) Yeah. And that's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. I have a fear gene. But I don't have the gene that makes you cry. Hmm. You don't have this soft, let's call it what it is, the, <laughs> the pathetic, the pathetic gene. You don't have the no, pathetic you gene. I also read about this, that there's, there's something about this, but I will on occasion uh, often cry on airplanes when I watch a movie on a plane. Yes. I, they think it's because you're vulnerable or something. I like, I don't know, but on a plane, like even a not. Yeah. Great movie. A, I think it's great. And B, I can cry over a movie on a plane. And then the movie that made me cry the most, and I think I would really cry now if I saw it, was a movie with John Voight and Ricky Schroeder, who I'm friends with now. It's funny, I did a movie with him called The Champ. The Champ, fuck it out. And at the end, he says, wake them up somebody wake him up champ champ and he's just crying and that kill that kills unacceptable yeah that is really sad also what you've just given me an idea that if um if i or you or anyone ever makes something that they're not that they don't think is very good that when we screen it for the critics we should get them all to watch it on a plane do like, Absolutely. oh, it's like a, you know, promotional, exciting thing. You get to watch it, go on a plane and there'll be a thing. But then everyone's crying on the plane. They think it was the greatest thing they ever saw. That's fucking you smart. You should totally. No, it's very smart because it's true. They say that because yeah. like something about you're vulnerable, your life could end at any moment or something happens. Because you must yeah. have had that, that you watch. Oh, I'm a wreck on a plane. Yeah. Also, or you'll tell people. Oh my goodness, I saw the best movie and they're like, Yeah. What? Yeah. Every film I watch in a play is the greatest movie ever. Little Mermaid 4? What? <laughs> greatest movie ever. Aladdin 2, The Return of Jafar? Honestly, it's really powerful. <laughs> what ma- movie makes you cry? I'm, every movie? Um, yeah, every, I'm basically the opposite of you. But I don't cry yeah. in real life, you know. <laughs> 
in real life I'm unmoved by anything, but if there's a screen in front of it, oh, I'll cry. <laughs> so, what is the film that people don't like? It's not critically acclaimed, but you love it. You don't care what anyone says. Oh my god, I loved a movie that I also was in. Saw it, you know. I was definitely in my. I was in my late teens. It was a movie that I, I'm still obsessed with. It's called Little Darlings. It's with Christine McNichol and Tatum O'Neill. Okay, okay. And they're at summer camp, and they have a bet to see who can lose their virginity first. But it's not a comedy. Oh, great! And Matt Dillon is in it. He's one of his first movies, and he's mm-hmm. so sexy. Right. Armand DeSante's in it. It's just fantastic. So it's like American Pie without any of the jokes. Right. Like American Pie if it was a heavy drama. Yes. Okay, I'm sold. That sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I really felt like that was what was holding American Pie back with the jokes. (laughs) That sounds great. Okay, well, all right. It's the girls that want to lose their virginity. I have a feeling it would be inappropriate now because Mm. Tatum O'Neill is trying to lose her virginity to the Armand Asante, who's in his 30s, camp counselor. Um, well, I'll let you watch the movie and you can see what happens. Uh, what is the film that you used to love? You loved it, but you've watched it recently and you do not like it anymore. Well, I we ju- that just happened. Bill and I watched a movie that we still liked it, but I love this movie called 48 Hours. With yeah. Nick Grayfield. Nolte and Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. But boy, oh boy, does Nick Nolte drop the N-word a mm. lot. And so watching it now, you're just like, that's <laughs> not good. <laughs> oh, no. It makes you feel like not good. Right. It's not the fun it went. It's a different time. <laughs> it's, a not different the, time. It's, not, it's not the fun that it used to be. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I haven't watched that in a long time. Yeah, that would make me really uncomfortable. And so. I think there's a, a Native American character in it who, who's a bad guy, yes, but also there's slurs about him as well. They do target a lot of minorities in this right. movie in a way that makes made us feel uncomfortable. You're like, oh, I didn't realize the pitch of this film was how many minorities can we target with jokes within 48 hours. Yeah. And now I, now I see what it is. Okay. Well, that's now it is. Krista Miller, what is yeah. the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film itself is any good, but because of the experience you had around seeing the film that will always make it special to you. Could be a first date, could be day you got a job, anything like that. I'm assuming that most people will tell you a happy story and of being in love and, you know, mm. being... So not my what, mother not what anyone's expecting from you, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> my mother has this thing that she'll say like, oh, if you like, I used to roll my eyes all the time as little. because if you do that, your eyes will stay and they'll never come back. And she always is big on like, I had a friend who did that and they're dead. And I have a friend who sucked on a candy like that and she choked to death. Oh, if you don't eat vegetables, you're going to get pellagra, which is a, a disease that you get from not eating vegetables and you die. So a lot of scary 
constant scary things. Mm -hmm. So my mother, again, and she didn't take movies. So we were gone with the wind. And then this movie, she took me to a movie. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine it's because she did not, when I grow up, want me to smuggle drugs (laughs) into (laughs) country Mm -hmm. out of Turkey. Out of Turkey, yeah, which was a real worry for a kid from New York, I know. So she took me to Midnight Express. I love that you knew that I was going to say that. Yeah. Well, I've read the parenting books. I know how to raise a child. (laughs) And I never did, Brett. Right. I I never smuggled drugs anywhere. Mm -hmm. Once again, I think your mum's done done an absolutely bang-up job. And I salute I And it did have a lot of meaning to me because... I remember it to this day. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't smoke pot, but if I did, I don't think I could smoke pot because if I had a grain of pot on my person, I wouldn't be able to get on a plane. I no would way. worry that it would be somewhere. Yeah. I worry. I what? always worry I have drugs on me <laughs> and I don't, yeah. but I have the feeling I must have drugs on me. I think I've got the face of I've got drugs on me because I get searched yeah. a lot. And I always think, Oh, what if I forgot, despite having not done drugs in ages or have any drugs on me, yeah. that I do have drugs on me? Do you know you look I mean? like a drug smuggler, Brett. Yeah. You look, yeah. But you do. But do you have this feeling? I go to the airport mm-hmm. and I see those dogs and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they're going to come right to me and say I have drugs. Yeah, completely. But I don't. And it might just be that they like you. That's what I don't know how you tell the difference between why the dog. Also, if you covered yourself in meat, that dog's <laughs> still dog coming for come. you. Why would you do that before you were flying somewhere, Brett? Because I guess you've got drugs on you. So you cover yourself in meat. The dog comes over. You say to the policeman, sorry, I was having barbecue before I left the house. The policeman goes, oh, okay, moves on. They go, we see through that ruse. Yeah, Up the amount of people pretending they've done a barbecue just before they get on a flight. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And I've still got this face. There's no getting past that. Um, what I, I love that your mum did that. She sounds very um, responsible. What's the... <laughs> what's the... <laughs> what's the film that you, most, that you most relate to, Krista Miller? I'm going to have to say, it's also one of my favourite funny movies, but a movie called Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yes. Because... I love that movie, but I feel like I'm classy and elegant, mm-hmm. still up to no good. Agreed. And sh- should be living in the south of France at that place. Yeah. You know, I should be there just looking elegant and lovely mm-hmm. and then still being naughty. Right? Yeah. I think that's a fucking I great relate. answer. Yeah. You, you, and also you're all three. You're all three of the characters. In what? Thank you. Thank you. You're yeah. Welcome. I really like that. I'm glad you took that seriously. What's the <laughs> what's the film? Uh, I mean, I have to ask it and it's going to get, I mean, here we go. What's the sexiest film you've ever seen, Krista Miller? I'm going to say recently I saw, not recently, probably like five years ago, there's a movie called Blue is the Warmest Color. Yeah. And I'm not... A lesbian, and oh. yet, yet, mm-hmm. thought it was very, very sexy. Yeah, I agree. It's a very sexy film. Great odd set. 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. Plus, Apple Card has no fees, not even hidden ones. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval, variable APRs for Apple Card range from 19.24% to 29.49%. Based on credit worthiness, rates as of February 1st, 2024. Terms and more at applecard.com. Now, unfortunately, Krista, the next question, if I don't ask it, I get in trouble by the listeners. Sometimes I don't want to ask it, but I have to. So forgive me. The subcategory to this question is troubling boners, worrying wide-ons. What film did you find arousing that you thought perhaps you shouldn't have? Please forgive me. First of all... You're laughing and it makes me feel like you do want to ask the question and you do very much enjoy asking the question and you told a little falsehood right there. Yeah. You've seen, you've seen right from me. All right. So there is a movie called mystic pizza with Julia Roberts first movie, Mm -hmm. but her boyfriend in it was my high school boyfriend who was older than I was Adam Stork. And so when I watch that, I always like feel it sexy. And I also always say to Bill, that was my high school. Oh, come in, look at Adam Stork because he's so handsome. And Bill's like, why? Every time we have it on, it was just on like a week ago. (laughs) It comes on and I'm like, I wait, I'm like, Bill, look at Adam Stork. He was so sexy. And also because it was sexy because he was older than I was. And he was like, I went to all girls school, but he went to all boys school in New York and we would do plays and things with the boys school. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he was older and dated the most beautiful girl at our school. And then they broke up and he asked me and he was a senior and I was like in 10th grade and it was so sexy the way the whole thing went down. Like, and then everyone was jealous. I like it. And (laughs) like, I think of that time as Mm -hmm. being sexy. So yes, mystic pizza, fantastic fantastic Uh thank you for answering that question that we can both agree i did not want to ask what is objectively the greatest film of all time objectively harold and mod yeah yes i only watched that recently it's really yeah i it was one of them ones that was like a gap it's great they don't make films like that anymore they really don't it's like a really mad isn't it go on you tell me all about it no, I mean, the music is amazing. I used yeah. to grow up, my mom had, uh, my mom was young and a model and she always had cool music playing in the house and she used to play a lot of Cat Stevens. So when I finally saw that movie, it was, um, uh, I knew all the music. Also, I love that he kept trying to prank his mom and kill himself. I loved it. And it was funny, but then it was beautiful and odd. Yeah. You know, it's like a beautiful, odd imaginative movie 
great answer. And I'm so glad you didn't say Godfather like every other idiot on this show. Mm. What is um, the film that you could or have watched the most over and over again? And is it Little <laughs> Darlings? No. I have a movie that it could have come on yesterday. I would watch it at any point and watch it. And then it would be on two days from now. We wouldn't still be able to turn it off, which is the Shawshank Redemption. Wow. Really? You're, you're a repeater on the Shawshank Redemption? Shawshank. They wrote it in, Bill wrote it into Cougar Town. They oh, did really? like a little scene on Shawshank. We just love it. Andy Dufresne. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I haven't watched it regularly for my sins. I mean, there's a lot of horrific stuff happening in it until the, until the end. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We don't like to be negative, Krista, so we do yeah. this bit quick. But what's the worst film you ever saw? I remember seeing a movie, which also, oddly, you've had good karma with me for this podcast because the past week, I've, these movies have come up. Okay. And then I go, oh, my God, that's the... that." So there is a movie... It's with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta, and it's called Face Off. And what they do, they keep going back and forth and putting on the switching faces because they're trying to get each other. Mm-hmm. John Travolta is the bad guy, I think. I don't know. They switch faces so many times. Like If you come into it, you can't see. They go to the surgeon, yeah. and then the next day or that night, they have the other person's full face. Mm-hmm. So they... They keep taking, and I always say to Bill, he'll look at him like, he's put, he just put on that new face again. Like they go back, they do it like four times. And then I think they each get confused at whose face they have on. But I will say, just to follow this up as a B, since you have B questions, that one in Mission Impossible, that one that with Dugray, where he's, taking off the face and they take put on off face. I'm like, Bill, they can't put on the face. Like this is, it's face off. They are just taking yeah. off faces. You, you can't have two, right? That's the rule. Yeah. You can have one face on top of a face. But if you've pulled off one face and you can pull off another face, now I'm out. But also they do, they'll take off the face and then right away have the next face on, but it's really the other person's face. You can't yeah. do that, Brett, in real life. You just, we, we haven't, we haven't got to that level of surgery, have we? You can't also, just put with, faces on with, and off. With a quick turnaround like that. You'd need a lot of recovery time, wouldn't you? <laughs> you so you're saying you'd prefer face off if they were like heavily bruised around the edges. <laughs> For most of the film, and there was a lot of scarring and and like red patches, like where it was trying to take the skin graft. Well, Bill laughing as he came in to the room, and I was like, I was watching face. I go, I don't, I don't know which. I'm. So, they've taken on and off their faces so many times. Nicholas Cage or John Travolta. I don't know who's the bad guy, good guy. Mm. Whose face they have on? Did they go back to the original? I don't know. Also with face off. The kids know. The kid always, even small babies are like, "You're uh, not my real dad." Kids know, so the kids will tell you. Kids know. Kids. The thing about kids is they can tell the difference between Nick Cage and John Travolta. That's the thing. That's what's special about kids. Well, in the eyes. Yeah. Or they see his stitch. Yeah. Because 
Tom Cruise, he just has the act. He, he has a much easier one that he doesn't have to have surgery. And Dugray yeah. and Tom Cruise don't have to have. And that Tom Cruise has the has the ability to, to have that, um, to take the face off. And then Dugray gets yeah. a, a face-making thing because I think Dugray then takes off his face. I don't think we ever see them put on one. We're just seeing no. them take them off. Taking them off is yeah. easy. That's easy. It's the putting them on that causes the problems, I would have thought. Well, you, to, uh, to get it over your face. But the the good one is in the Mission Impossible when I guess that Dugray thinks that one of the guys is one of his henchmen, but it isn't. It's Tom Cruise. He got him. Yeah. Or yeah. he puts a bomb on one of, I don't know, something happens. Yeah. So Mission, Mission Impossible is the good face-off. Yeah. Okay. You're in comedy. You're very funny. Tell me this. What's the film that made you laugh the most? Right. I got to go three films on this. I'm sorry. You can go three and I'll pick one. Okay. Midnight Run. Great. Bobby De Niro so funny. I say Bobby De Niro, although he's not a friend. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Um, Stripes. Yes. Billy, Billy, Murray. Billy Murray. You mate Billy. Billy Murray. Yeah. But I will say, I think my third one is my favorite is Spinal Tap. With Mikey McKean. I, I mean, it's got to be Spinal Tap. One more than 10. It's 11. It's really good. Like, spinal Tap. You can have, that's the one. Yeah. That's the correct answer. Yeah. Um, this is a serious question, if I may. Did you always know you were funny? Like, did you want to, in the in the beginning, be a very dramatic, serious person? Or were you always like, nah, I'm funny? I always knew I was funny, mm-hmm. so I'd make people laugh. But I always thought I would be a very serious, dramatic actress with angst and mm. sturm and drang. And then I, when I came out here, one of the, and I did the Groundlings in New York, but I oh, came, yeah. and I always studied dramatic acting. And then I came out here and I got a job on the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air with Will Smith. And it was first supposed to be one line and they kept adding scenes. And when we did the show, uh, Will Smith was so uh, fun and lovely. He would do these speed throughs with the cast. He had music in between every scene, a turnover blaring in the studio. And it was so fun. And I thought, well, this seems like a really fun thing that I'm good at. Yeah. Like I just, it just made sense to me the live audience and the doing that. And I thought it was really fun. Forgive me for not knowing this. I'm sure you have, but I have not seen all of your work. Have you done like a big, big, heavy drama film or TV in your life? Yeah, I have. I've done, I did a mini series with um, Benjamin Bratt and Ricky Schroeder, and that was very okay. dramatic. And did you um, love doing that? I did. No, I I love doing, no, I I did. I love doing the work. Um, And they're both cute boys. And we were in Vancouver and, you know, what happens in Vancouver stays in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Absolutely. No, I've I've seen their uh, posters. Yeah. And uh, no, I'm unfortunately married everywhere I go. So. (laughs) It even counts in Vancouver. (laughs) Even in Vancouver. No, I have, and I've done independence. I've done dramas. I would like to do now. I, I want to do different things. So yes, I now I, I want to do dramas. But I I would say my favorite thing is doing 
shows that, which Bill does, which are comedy and then having dramatic moments in it. Or I just had, I'm up for a show right now and I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I liked it because it's dramatic, but the character is funny. Like she has funny moments in it, but there's really dramatic scenes. So you would get the best of both best of both worlds. Oh, great. I like that. Uh, Krista Miller, you've been magnificent. However, when you um, jumped out of a plane with your, with your daughter who has no fear gene, but you've got one, you've got, you haven't got a pathetic gene as we discussed, but you do have the fear gene. You jumped out, you got so scared. You forgot to open your, your uh, shoot and you hit the ground. The, the the bad part of it is your daughter felt really bad having made you go. But anyway, you yeah. you were put into a coma, what the doctors called a forever coma. And they said to Bill, it's probably best that you end it. And he said, no, no, I love her. I love her. I love her. He brought you home, propped you up in his pied-à-terre, the office, on the bed. I've seen you in the background of many a Zoom now. Just sat there. He's painted you yeah. up. He's put a big smile he put yeah. a machine next to you that goes, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> so you're laughing at everything he's saying, but your face, I keep looking in the background going, she's quite still when she laughs. She doesn't seem to be moving, but <laughs> Bill says, it's fine, it's fine. She's, she's yeah. laughing. She's enjoying it. And, uh, but then sometimes we talk about serious stuff in the Zoom and you're still in the background. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and eventually I'm like, ah, something's not quite right here. So I, I get get on a plane yeah. come to america which is difficult when i get there i say i'm here for work i don't want to be here it's not like i was trying to escape i just want to come and do some work so i get in the country i go to bill say hey bill just here to do some work oh sorry do you mind if i use the toilet i rush into the pied de terre yeah. the office and i find you and i see you and you're <laughs> and i go oh it's just as i suspected he's keeping her alive like a yeah. crazy joker doll and I kick the plug, kick it, kick it out the wall. And I rush back in and Bill's at the door and he goes, what are you doing? And I go, oh, sorry, I was looking for the toilet. I was just, uh, and he said, do you see Krista? I said, no, 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 no. Come here, come here. I want to show you something in my car that's important. I take him out to the car. Finally, thank God, you die. <laughs> Bill is furious. He's so fu- mad. He is so mad at me. <laughs> I say, I didn't, it was nothing to do. I didn't know what happened. It must have been a bird must have flown in and kicked the thing out. Anyway, Bill's very angry with me. He says, ah, and then he goes, ah, I can't stay mad at you. And the t- <laughs> Get back to work. <laughs> and, uh, I've brought a coffin. I've brought a coffin for you. Yeah. Bill's, Bill's making it difficult. So I pick you up, but he's bringing the duvet with you. He wants you to have all your stuff because he, he wants you to have all your stuff with you. He's giving you all your favorite things, stuffing them in this coffin. I'm like, man, look, I, I got the coffin. It was exactly the right size for him. He keeps putting more and more stuff. Anyway, the point is your coffin is absolutely jam packed. There's almost no room in it. There is just enough room for me to slip one DVD down the side of your coffin for you to take to the other side now on the other side every night is movie night and one night it's your movie night what film are you taking to show everyone when it's your movie night on the other side krista miller go first of all thank you question so that we had a coffin in our garage no i brought one with me because i knew what my mission was you brought a hearse okay okay i was just but that's why i had parked around the corner because i didn't want bill to suspect anything 
when I pulled right. up in the driveway with a hearse. <laughs> It does tend, it looks a bit suspicious. But in fact, I said to him, but, <laughs> uh, the airport, that's the only renter they had left. And he was like, it surprises okay. me they have hearses at the airport at rent a car. And I said, yeah, well, you never know, I guess. And, right. So after he was like, oh, it's okay, Brett, you're funny and so sweet. And then you sure. rolled out, you had it, okay, yeah, you yeah. wheel out the coffin. And you're yeah. like, look. Well, yeah, I'm like, I'll take care it. of this because, you know, I got your yeah. back, Bill. It's cool. Yeah. He's sad. He's sad. He wants to, you know, and he's also got so much work to do. He doesn't really have time to deal with it. So it's so much work. As you, I know you have a full plate. You guys got to get on with it. We've well, got, here's we've the got thing. to get you buried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, you've got a hundred things going. Yeah. So does Bill. Yeah. Let's move on. We don't want to dwell on this whole, you know, sad bit. Let's. Get it done. Get back to work. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm presuming you're going to come up, come into my office. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some DVDs in my desk. I'll tell you where and you you, before I. Oh, thank you. That's great. After we hang up, I'll tell you where all the DVDs are. You have like, you have three to pick from and it's going to be dealer's choice. The love of my life, who I, when I, any any of these three films that I see of him, I watch and I just think, oh, you know, that was another life. Well, we don't know for sure now. Mm-hmm. And I look and that movie I'll play, mm-hmm. you know, for everyone in, in heaven whilst I wait for him. Hopefully this person to will die before, before Bill right. because then I have a little time mm-hmm. You're going to spend a bit more than 98% napping when that person gets there. Am I right? I'll be up. No, I won't be napping. I'll be up. I'll be on my game. I'll bring in my game. Yeah. (laughs) You can choose between four weddings and a funeral. Um, You can choose Notting Hill. Hmm. Uh, If you can think of another from that time. I don't love Love Actually because I don't love the music in it. Mm -hmm. And I don't love... One of the actresses in it, I find her to be simpering, but I don't. I, so, do do another nine months? I know, don't know I'll, who you're after. Are you after Hugh Grant or Richard Curtis? Hugh Grant. You're after Hugh Grant. Hugh okay. Grant. Then may I suggest Paddington too? When Hugh Grant's at the top of his game, is he? Does he? Oh, really you need nice? to watch it. Hugh Grant being funny and fucking badass. Watch Paddington uh, too. Oh my goodness, I will. But have you watched, you know where he's so good? Did you watch the Guy Ritchie movie? No, that the just gentleman, came out? no. It's so much fun. Brett, you have to watch it. It's like a hidden gem. And he's amazing. He's really good to you, Grant. And I'm so happy that you're going to have some time together. Do you heaven. know what Bill did to me? What? Well, you know, Hugh Grant's my free pass. Okay. I also feel like I'm Hugh Grant's type. I do. I feel strongly about it. Yeah, I can see that. And Hugh Grant seems to play it fast and loose with the being faithful in situations like that. I could sure. be wrong. I don't want to. I don't want to make a judgment on him. Mm-hmm. So he's my free pass. Yeah. So I'm flying back from London after visiting Bill and Ted Lasso. Yeah. And Bill is supposed to fly back four days later. And so Bill, Big Bill, says, "Oh." I want to fly together. I'm like, no, I like to sleep on a plane and watch movies and cry. Like there's no talking. There's no reason to be flying back with me in the plane. I want to be in my thing. Mm-hmm. He says, I want to fly back with you on the plane. I'm like, all right. 
I'm on the plane flying to Los Angeles who walks by me and I look very cute and who walks by me and smiles at me with the knowing like Hugh Grant, Bill cock blocked me. That is outrageous. If if that's your free pass, he should have stood up and exited the plane. You walk right out. It's my free pass. You get the next plane after it. I'll catch you up after you've had your torrid affair with Hugh Grant. Good luck. He walked back me a couple times yeah. and smiled. Like, look, it was the unspoken. Hmm. But you know what? I, I didn't get to. I smiled back, of course. But did I get to admit, have it be more than that? No. No, not with not with, not with with being cock-blocked by your own husband. No. I'm so sorry, Krista. I'm sorry that that happened. I appreciate that, Brett. Listen. The point is this, it's not over because you still have heaven and Hugh Grant will die before Bill. Bill will never die. <laughs> you will have your time with Hugh Grant in heaven. I don't right? want to wait till heaven. Okay. Brett, but what are the chances that I'm going to be on a British Airways flight? I wonder if we can get him to, to listen to this podcast. So anyway, if anyone knows Hugh Grant and they're out there listening... Please send in this podcast. Just to put, we're just putting out a smoke signal. Do you know what I mean? Could you do this, Brett? Do yeah. you know someone, you know, even if he doesn't, I don't know if he's going to listen to your podcast, Brett. I mean, come on. But listen. It seems unlikely, sure. Unlikely. But could you find out someone who would be willing to give us Hugh Grant's travel schedule? That seems like it would be easy to get. Itinerary. That's all we're asking. Just the itinerary. We're not making any threats. Yeah. No, we're not doing... Okay. Krista Miller, I have loved... I am so grateful to you. I know you're a busy person and an amazing person, and I'm very grateful you gave me this time. You are an absolute delight. Is there anything you would like to tell people to listen to or look out for? Anything you want to plug? I just want to... I want to tell people Mm -hmm. that I've had it with anywhere I go, people saying to tell me because I don't care how much they love Ted Lasso, right? how much they love you in Ted mm. Lasso. Oh, the soccer player. The thing. Uh, mm. It's enough already. I like, yeah. don't, t- I, I don't have anything. I do the music. Yes. For Ted Lasso. But other than that, I'm mm. not, I don't yeah. have a, a, any dog in this race. Yeah. Come on. Okay. That's a lovely message to leave people <laughs> with. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Krista Miller. I hope you have a wonderful death and uh, I will see you hopefully in the real world soon. Lots of love. Yes, I hope so. Thank you, Brett. Thank you. So that was episode 124. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 20 minutes of chat, secrets and video with Krista. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and write about the film that means the most to you and why. I do read them. It's a lovely read. Helps numbers, means Maureen can keep drinking a craft beer or whatnot. And it's really appreciated. Thank you so much to Krista for doing the show. Thanks to Bill for setting it up. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to ACAS for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics. Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week. Oh, it's time for another resurrection. Next week, I will be bringing back one of my favourite all-time guests, Mr. James McNicholas. So that is it for now. In the meantime, have a lovely week and please 
be excellent to each other. Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my name is Maureen. Yeah, thank you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.